0: Benfica Nation, welcome to episode number 91 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, as always, the Mr. Mike Agustinho, And I'm coming to you uh, from my usual home studio here in the northeast corner of the United States of America in greater Boston. And tonight is a different kind of episode, okay? Uh, there's no YouTube uh, feed to go with it tonight, but... Um, Due to time constraints and due to uh, other news going on, um, I may have to, at some point, uh, detour this episode in a different direction. As most of you know, um, this was a big week for Benfica, and I am recording this on Wednesday night, October the 28th. It's currently 8.24 p.m. here. Um, here in, in uh, on the east coast of the United States, which makes it 12.24 a.m. in Portugal. And currently, the there are still people in line waiting to vote in this election. This I'm going to save most of the election talk for an election episode, or at least for the next episode when we have results, because right now it's looking like there won't be results uh, available during the recording of this episode, and I needed to get this episode done. In tonight, so that I could get it out to you, so you could hear at least uh, one review before uh, tomorrow's uh, Europa League match at home against Standard Liège. Um, it has been a day where I have been absolutely glued to BTV, and now I'm watch. I have TVE on next to me, TV Twenty Four, TV Twenty Four, the uh, news network and on on a laptop next to me right now. So if anything happens. Obviously, by the time you hear this, you'll have known about it, but you will get my reaction to anything that may happen while I record this episode. Today, of course, was election day at Benfica. Luis Felipe Vieta's presidency on the line. It's up to the sausage. They most of them have voted. However, voting closed two hours ago. But but the lines were were still. Very long and uh, good decision by the club, saying that everyone that was in line at eight o'clock—excuse uh, me, at ten o'clock local time in Lisbon, 22, uh, 2200 twenty-two hundred hours—anyone uh, that was in line would be given the opportunity to vote. And then they said it'll take about forty-five minutes or so, af- forty-five minutes to an hour after the final vote has been cast for the uh, for the results to be announced. And I don't think that's going to happen within the within the time frame for this episode um so th- that will come in a future episode i will be recording another episode tomorrow okay at least one tomorrow i may record more than one tomorrow because i um well i'm using a sick day tomorrow <laughs> i am calling in sick to work tomorrow um because there's just so much to do on this on this side of things and because i have not taken a day off in in months i have been working both of my jobs relentlessly For about six months now, Uh, I had just one week of vacation back in uh, September. But aside from that, I've been going nonstop. So um, uh, with so much going on and with a match tomorrow, a Europa League match, I've decided that tomorrow I am playing a little bit of hooky, but I will be putting out some content. And I hope to have some new MrBeyfica.com content tomorrow. I've been told I'll be able to access the website and I'll be able to log in tomorrow and post. We'll see. I got my fingers crossed, but um, yeah. So this was. I have to. I have to give a round of applause though, and a salute to all of the sausages that voted in this election. More than thirty-six thousand have voted. I think when it's all said and done, it'll be close to thirty-eight thousand. They say the line at, the line at, uh, the line to vote at the Stade de Luche. Went all the way uh, back to to the Cologne, to the shopping mall at uh, ten o'clock, and they're still working their way through the line and into the pavilion, into the pavillon, to cast their votes. So we'll see what we'll see what the results are going to be when they come out. But you will probably, and I'm actually, you'll definitely know it by the time you listen to this. But uh, if it happens miraculously in this next forty-five minutes to an hour. Then uh, you will get my reaction. I will, I will detour. I will veer away from uh, Lech Poznan versus Benfica and move to uh, post-election thoughts. But um, that'll be coming. Uh, I wasn't necessarily gonna do a post-election show, um, depending how it worked out. But when I, s- as I followed this all day and just seen the absolute uh, fantastic turnout for this for this uh, election, the largest sports. Uh, voter turnout in the history of the country, and I must say, um, I give these people so much credit to be waiting in line four hours in the cold and the rain in order to cast a vote shows how much the, the how dedicated the fan support of this club is and this is what makes us the biggest club in the world in my opinion and i i stand by that statement we may not be only in economic terms are we not the biggest george jesus said that to to ruben Diaz and he said that to nicolas orta mendi uh when one left and the other arrived that this is the biggest club in the world or and um you know today really shows that we got a lot to uh address but uh th- today in this episode episode 91 here we're going to stick to Lech Poznan versus Mefica UEFA Europa League match day 1. So on that note I'm going to take a quick little break to pay a bill all right and on the other side we're going to get we're going to get a reconquista and after reconquista we'll get right into this match this Benfica away match at Lech Poznan in Poland. And we will I'm gonna try to get this done in about an hour tonight. It is late. Um for those of you that don't know, I wake up for my day at about two o'clock in the morning. Like I said, it is almost it is eight thirty PM right now, so I am uh, I've got a small window of time here to get this episode done, but I will do that. So here's a quick uh, a quick break to pay a bill, like I said, and reconquista. on the other side, it will be Lech Poznan versus Benfica, your UEFA Europa League match day one. Yep. Reconquista. <laughs> Carrega benfica Carrega benfica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega benfica Carrega benfica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega benfica Carrega benfica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós. and welcome back to Mr. Benfica. This is episode 91, of course, and the latest tally um in terms of a voter turnout was just announced here on B- on uh TVI twenty four. They just gave a number of 37,261 um, as there are still the, f- the last sausage are still making their way into the pavilion. There are still a few there are still some people that need to vote. So this, this is quite an exciting day for Benfica nation. but we're gonna go back a week to Europa League match day one and I'm gonna start by reading off the results around the Europa League. Leverkusen were 6-2 winners over Nice, Dundalk 1, Molda 2, Hapoel Birsheva 3, Slavia Praga 1, Napoli nil. AZ Alkmaar 1, Pauk 1, Omonia Nicosia 1, CSK Seska Sofia nil. CFR Cluj 2, PSV Eindhoven 1, Granada 2, Rapid Vienna 1, Arsenal 2, Regica 0, Real Sociedad 1, Standard-Liege 0, Rangers 2. They Those are the other two teams in our group, of course. Young Boys 1, AS Roma 2, Sporting Braga 3, Ike Athens 0. Big result for the Garedos in the house 1, and Celtic 1, AC Milan 3. Dinamo Zagreb 0, Feyenoord 0, Leicester City 3, Zoria 0, Ludogorets Razgrad 1, Royal Antwerp 2, Maccabi Tel Aviv 1, Kwarabag FK 0, slovan Liberec 1, Ghent 0, Sparta-Prague 1, Lille 4, Tottenham Hotspur featuring Carlos Vinicius. Three Lask nil, Hoffenheim two, Red Star Belgrade nil, Villarreal five, Sevisa Spor three, and Wolfsburger AC one, Seska Moscow one. That is the result. That's the list of results around. The Europa League last Thursday. The only result I did not read, of course, is the match we're going to talk about now. And it is Benfica on the road in Poland versus Lech Poznan. And we are at the Inia Stadion in Poznan, Poland. And it is Group D match day one Benfica in Poznan. as we said, let's go to the lineups to start Poznan. In goal with Philippe Bednarek across the back in their 4-4, 1-1. Poznan would go with Alan Zerwinski as the right back. Thomas Dewuski as the center back along with Jordi Kromarkovic. And Timo Pukach Pukac is the left back. In midfield, Mikhail Skoras is, on the, is down the right side with former Sporting Braga and Shabsh. Uh, standout Pedro Tiba in midfield, partnering with Jacob Motor. And Jacob Kaminski was the left-sided midfielder with Dani Ramirez playing in the number 10 position behind the traditional number 9, Mikael Ishak. Benfica would play with a 4-3-3 in this one, and George Zuj would roll out a strong lineup. There would basically no changes in this starting 11 and this is not something we've been used to for a while in Europe from Benfica, so this was refreshing. Um, I actually thought he was going to make a few more changes. To be honest with you, I thought we were going to see Uli and Vagel start. It didn't happen. He decided to to rotate players in Monday's match against Benin So in this match last Thursday, we had a full a full squad. Odi is in goal. Vlachodimos, the right back was Gilberto. The centre back team was. Nicolás Otamendi and Superjan Bertongen. Alex Grimaldo is the left back in midfield. The the trio is Gabriel uh, playing central with Adele Tarap to one side and Pizzi to the other. And the trio of attack is spearheaded by the Uruguayan Darwin Nunez uh, as the striker. With Everton to one side and German. (laughs) Wonderboy, <laughs> one of our real, real great signings this season. Um, actually, two of the, all three are our, our top three signings basically in one uh, attack line there. But it is Gianluca Waldschmidt who gets the start up front with Darwin and with Everton. And like I said, Benfica goes into this one with a very strong lineup. And we get to see more great combination play between the two young guns, Waldschmidt and Darwin. I think this is a very, very formidable uh, team. They're, they really seem to understand each other. They don't need to speak the same languages. They have that, that, that football sense. They have that telepathy. Uh, and they, they seem to understand each other's body language well enough to know what, what the other is doing and this is of course the breakout match for one darwin nuñez who had been a little bit criticized by benfica nation up to this point as he had failed to score he'd been called offside at least 3 times this season where he'd put the ball in the goal but had been called offside or had it called back uh Waldschmidt comes in with four goals uh darwin comes in with four assists this is uh, just a a formidable attack that i'm we're we're so lucky to have this this these two in our squad and um you know, I'll put them up against a lot of teams out there, even in Europe, uh, at least in the, at the level of the Europa League. And when you factor in their age, man, this this is just this is just an exciting duo. And I think as the season goes on, they are certainly going to prove their worth. Is Benfica has a three-man lineup up front, a three-man attack. Get this, of three internationals: a German international, a Uruguayan international, and a Brazilian international. When was the last time Benfica had that type of quality in their attack all at the same time? And the match gets kicked off. And the first attempt of the match is Benfica. They start on the front foot as usual. It is Everton with a right-footed shot from outside the box that had been blocked. However, uh, Lech Poznan will get their opportunity in the second minute. An attempt was missed by Jacob uh, Motor. Uh, He had a right-footed shot from outside the box. It was close, but he missed the top right corner. In the fourth minute, uh, a corner is conceded by Adel Tarapta. Adel Tarapta had a tough match in this one, okay? And I don't want to beat up on this guy. I'm not going to beat up on him, okay? Everyone knows my feelings on him as a player. And what I think, you know, what I like to see from a player in that position. Listen, at the end of the day, I'm not George Azuz, obviously. I set out with the objective to bring this show to you from the the perspective of the mister and i guess that's not necessarily my perspective um george Zouche clearly likes adeltarapt he clearly believes in him adeltarapt gets himself a contract extension this week and uh you know there was some i had some good dialogue with some of you on the social medias about this and uh i know one of our one of our big fans, one of our good fans, Neil up in Canada, didn't really agree with me. I know he I know he's a big fan of Adel Taarabt, and um, I will admit, as he pointed out to me, Georges Deshouche likes him, and that's really all that matters. At the end of the day, the manager is the one that has to answer for these selections. As I'm looking now on the screen, the vote total now thirty seven thousand six hundred and nineteen, and we have an update. So let's see. Oh, wow. So the final sauce you to vote has entered the pavilion. (laughs) The very final. That poor guy or girl has been waiting at least four hours. And uh, he has finally entered the building or entered the gymnasium, if you will, to cast his vote. All right. Back to Adele Opt. And um, I also understand Adele is coming off an injury. Okay. I was not happy with his play in this match or in the f- the, the the following match, but I think that um, he is a player that has a place in this team, no matter what you think about him. And um, if if he's if if he's doing what the Mister wants, then that is that is at the end of the day all that matters. And uh, I can come on here and criticize, you know, the styl- stylistic choice of the player. I'm just somebody who likes my players in that position, especially to produce statistics very very um, concrete statistics goals and assists okay he doesn't do that a lot of people believe he does a lot of things that you can't measure fair enough okay that is fair enough and the the beauty of the podcasting platform, and the beauty of being fans of the team is that we all have a freedom to our own opinion, okay? This just happens to be mine, and I'm not saying I'm right and, and someone else is wrong, okay? This just happens to be my opinion, and I'm trying to bring you the perspective of the mister, like I said, in the event that I, I the way I look at the match, if I were on that touchline, okay? I'm not George zazouge I can't even, hold, you know, hold a candle to Georges Azouge in terms of management, but um, it's just I just like a different kind of player there. That's all. But he's what we have right now, and he will suffice, obviously. And if the manager picks him, that's because the manager believes in him, and at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. So we move forward, and we get to the eighth minute. Okay, it doesn't take long. Um, and actually, it's very early in the sixth minute, actually. We get a call as... Lech Poznan's Thomas De, Dejewski is co- whistled for handling the ball in the penalty area. The referee points to the spot. It is verified with the VAR. And it will be PZ stepping up and uh, copying, if you will, the the penalty kick approach of his very good friend Bruno Fernandes at Manchester United. I hate this p- approach, to be honest with you. I get nervous every time I watch him do that little hop before he kicks the ball. I feel like if the goalie guesses right, he's going to freeze and not kick the ball. Or he's going to just miss kick it. Um, but he do- He converts on this one. And Peasy makes it 1-0 in the 8th minute. And this is Benfica again starting off with a goal. This is something that has been consistent with this club since the day George walked back into this club. Friendlies. Official matches, with the exception of the match at Pauk in the Champions League qualifying one-off playoff. Uh, Benfica have scored early, and they do it again here. And we move, though, to the 14th minute, and it would be Poznan drawing level, and Mikael Ishak would score with a left-footed shot from the left side of the six-yard box to the bottom left corner, assisted by Alan Sierwinski, and just like that, it's like a a ice bucket on Benfica's momentum. There, of course, we're on the road, and even with no fans in the stadium, you know you could feel you could feel Benfica buckle a little bit here as the Polish side will pull even just seven minutes. After Benfica drew first blood, and it is 1 1 in the 14th. In the 16th, a yellow card goes to Kron Markovic um, as he is shown a yellow card for a bad foul on Luka Waldschmidt. As uh, Benfica, not pl- to me, this was not a game I, I particularly enjoyed from Benfica. Okay. Under with that said, under I say that understanding that my bar for this club, for this team has certainly been raised this season. If this were last season, I'd probably be on this microphone, you know, <laughs> thrilled and praising this team for such a brilliant performance and such a nice attacking afternoon or evening, you know, on the road in Europe in Eastern Europe where it's tough. Um, the truth is that the the level of expectation has been risen this year has ri- rise this year and um this was maybe my least favorite game Benfica have played thus far with exception again of course to Pauk. but that was back in the very beginning before they'd really had any tests and um Benfica struggled a little bit in this one, um, in this uh, first half, but they started to, to get control again. Twenty first minute, and Nunez gets an, an opportunity—a right-footed shot from the center of the box, but it was blocked. He had been set up by Terapt. Um, in the twenty third, Poznan try to go ahead. They have an attempt saved as Jacob Motor of Poznan, right footed shot from the right side of the box was saved in the top center of the goal by Odi Vlakodimos. another good game for Vl- for Odi for the most part um although that you know that's the one of the goals he gives up that second goal he gives up um I'm putting that one on him Uh, he, when he went to save it, we'll get to that when we get later, but he popped it straight up in the air after going down. And I think he, he needs to do better with that, but we'll get to that goal when we get there in the 28th minute, it's Everton with a right footed shot from outside the box. It is blocked. Uh, Good effort from Everton. Everton seems to have lost a little bit of explosion in his step since the early part of the season. And it is understandable considering in this match, Everton is returning from international duty in Brazil. He flew God only knows how many thousands of miles between playing in Brazil. I think his other match was in Bolivia, if I'm not mistaken. And then flying all the way back to Europe. And then flying to, to Poland with Benfica. And never really getting a rest in there, as you could see, there was a, a, a definite definite uh, buildup of lactic acid in his legs. The explosion just wasn't there all match. I think that this would have been a a very good opportunity for George Azuz to rest Everton, and I feel like he should have started either Pedrinho or Rafa in his posi- in his place. But George Azuz, you know what I was very I think he was very aware of the possible. Uh, Criticism, or I should say, he's very aware of what the Befica nation wants from these European matches, from these Europa League matches. He, I think he's very aware that this is a competition to be taken seriously, and I think he was a little bit hesitant to rotate players right in the first uh, match. In the 31st minute, we get another opportunity. It's a header that is missed. It is Jan Vertonghen, Super Jan, with a header from the center of the box. It was just a bit too high. He was set up on a cross from Luca Waldschmidt. In the 35th minute, it is Darwin winning a free kick. He's fouled by Tomasz ensuing uh, ensuing free kick. Does not produce anything for Benfica. But in the 38th, it's like Poznan now, and it's an attempt blocked by. It's an attempt blocked as Mikel Ishek uh, has a right footed shot from the center of the box, blocked by Nicholas Otamendi. Finally, in the 41st, as we're starting to look towards halftime, and if you're, you're thinking that maybe Benfica were trying to get into the locker room to regroup. But we get a good opportunity with some good play. And the ball finds its way out wide onto the right, onto the foot of Gilberto. Gilberto playing in his first start with Benfica. Remember, he came on in the previous match to replace the injured Andre Almeida. And the Brazilian former Fluminense wingback delivers a perfect cross. I mean, he puts the perfect amount of bend and he puts the perfect height on it. And it finds the head of Darwin Nunez in the Uruguayan International with a powerful header into the top corner of the goal. And and he finally, finally opens his account, opens his goal-scoring account with Benfica. And in Europe, the Uruguayan Darwin Nunez with the header. And let me tell you, there was a freeze frame of this header. And this was a header a la Cristiano Ronaldo. No, I'm not comparing him to CR7. It is, that would be incredibly unfair to to compare him to possibly the greatest player that ha- at least in the 21st century, if not of all time. Okay, especially when it comes to playing in the air. But the freeze frame it catches Darwin's vertical, and it dr- it draws a line. You know, like a uh, it freezes the frame and draws a line from the top of Darwin's head. Darwin actually jumps higher than the crossbar. He goes up, gets higher than the crossbar. He's he's back around the penalty spot, and he heads that ball downward into the into the top corner, as his his uh, athleticism really showed, and he had the hang time, and that's why so many are are saying that this goal was reminiscent of Cristiano Ronaldo. It was that hang time, and then the power that he that he generated on the header it was just a fantastic fantastic goal for young darwin nunez and people can relax a little bit now about that price tag for that transfer in my opinion maybe take the lead and that will take us in to the halftime break i'm gonna take a quick break And when we come back, we're going to talk about the second half, okay, as um, Befica, very fortunate, in my opinion, um, to be going into the the break ahead. They were the better side, but a a 1-1 draw at halftime certainly would have been a fair result. But uh, that incredible header from Darwin Nunez, the difference at halftime as Befica go in with a 2-1 lead. And I'm going to take a break. Like I said, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And also, if if you'd like, you can even email me. It's themrbenfica at gmail.com. I always love hearing from fans. I want to give a special hello to Luis Martins in Germany who uh, I exchanged a few messages with via Instagram today. Um, he just found the show. And um, Luis and everyone else, the reason I do this show is exactly uh, for for people like you guys, as uh, he explained to me that he's been, he was so happy to find content on Benfica living in Germany, and that's why I do this. Okay, I do this for all of Benfica Nation, all around the world, especially in the English speaking world, but English is so widely spoken, I feel like I can reach a lot of people in English. and. I feel like the club really has, uh, I don't want to say turned its back, but the club has really ignored its expats, um, and of course the descendants of those expats, where I think the club needs to do a better job of creating much more content in not just English, but in English, French, and German particularly, as those are the major languages that Portuguese speak abroad Um those are the communities. The, th- those are the, the languages where the Portuguese communities exist outside of Portugal. And I think that uh, the club needs to do a better job. And whatever the ele- the one of the things I'm hoping that I- when this election gets confirmed, um, whether it's the incumbent president or a a new president, I hope that this they realize uh, that there is an audience out there, but you need to reach them in their languages. Some families have been away from Portugal for 50, 60 years now, okay? And there a lot. There isn't the same comfort, and there may not be any comfort or any understanding at all in Portuguese. But they love Benfica, and language should not be a barrier to Benficismo. Okay, so, uh, Luiz, again, thank you for reaching out today and the reason i do this show is for people like you and because i think this club is 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 big this club is great and i say wholeheartedly when i say this is the biggest club in the world because what i mean by that is is this, the, the the following for this club is enormous and in it's in so many different corners of the globe and it's not a plastic fan base not to talk about other other large clubs but you talk about Premier League clubs or you talk about Barcelona and Real Madrid. it's it's a plastic fan base. it's about the celebrity they, they they've become popular in, in around the world but more so because of the names more so because of the names on the back of the shirts over the years. Whereas Benfica is he, is big because of the badge, because of Benfica, because of what it symbolizes, what it means. And it's it really is a nation, and that's why I call you Benfica Nation. All right, we're going to go to that break. And on the other side, it will be the second half. Welcome back to episode 91 of Mr. Benfica, and we're in the second half now. And we get a substitution right off the start, right before the before the opening, the ball is even kicked. Um, it is Rafa replacing Pezy. A, a aside from the penalty kick, a lackluster to an extent uh, performance from Peasy. and then Pezy's taking a beating right now from from Befikistas and from journalists alike. Um, I think part of it is is Pizzi's being played in a position where he's not quite as as good. He's th- imagine this for just a moment, though, and I've been critical of him, and there and I think a lot of criticism is deserved at times. But this guy Peasy just went from being a thirty goal scorer one season ago, okay, to making way for a couple of you know making way for another player essentially, um, and being pinched into the middle and basically. He's been somewhat converted into a Delta Raps backup. Okay. He plays when somebody else is missing now. And I think PZ is in a transition in his career right now too. Um, and he's probably wondering if he maybe stuck around a little too long at Benfica. Um, however, you know he's one of the captains in the team. We're going to talk about the captaincy in a little while before this episode ends. Because uh, it would come up and it would have a little bit of controversy. But um, as they've just said, I'm going to cut in for a second. As the urns, as they call them, or the ballot boxes, have been closed. The final the final sauce you has voted. And the election 2020 is over. Now it's they are tabulating. And perhaps by the end of this episode we'll have results. But I don't think so. I think the plan is that it's going to be about 45 minutes to an hour from now. It looks like the final number is 37,619. I had said about 38,000 people uh, was going to be my estimate, so that was pretty close. But moving back to this match, and like I said, it's Rafa on for BZ. And we have an attempt blocked right in the first minute of the second half in minute 46. It is Waldschmidt with a right-footed shot from the center of the box that was blocked. He was set up by Darwin with a headed pass as the two of them continue, as I said, to just combine very, very well into kind of just there's just there's a great understanding between these two young players who have spent so little time together. And in the 47th minute, one minute later, it is an attempt saved as Jacob Kaminsky uh, has a right-footed shot from the left side of the box saved in the center of the goal by Odisej. Um, Kaminsky was set up by Pedro Tiba. But in the 47th, make no mistake, this is the goal I said I was going to talk about. It is, it is actually off of that, that attempt that was just saved. Um, Kaminsky's shot was saved by, by Odie. But in what I think was not the best reactions for a goalkeeper who's very good as a shot stopper. And usually pretty good as a a reaction place. um. I think what happened was Kaminsky's shot was in real tight. It was right at Odie's feet, and as Odie's trying to, to square up and dive for it, um, what happens is he can't even really get his hands down in time, and it hits his foot. It hits his plant foot, okay, as he's diving, and it pops straight up into the air, and then he is he is laying on the ground as the ball pops up into the air, and once again, it is Mikhail Ishak who gets to it, and he heads it in from very, very close range into the open goal because the goalkeeper is down. And it, it was just a weird one for Odisej because I think he was ready to to save it, was expecting the ball to be in a certain place, and then the shot ended up coming in real real tight, literally right underneath him. And I think what happened was when he wasn't able to, to stretch his body out to make an attempt to save that properly, uh, he couldn't get his legs out from under him either without opening up a, a huge gap. For, so it hits his 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 plant leg as he's beginning to dive, and it pops straight up into the air. So it is two to two in the forty seventh minute, and this I was a little frustrated at this point, and it looks like oh no, here we go with the same Befica in Europe again. And we start to wonder, is our league this week? Because we really um don't have the same struggles in the league. I know we had that one tough match with with uh, Ferenc earlier in the season. But we had just looked real good the previous weekend at Riuav, a What was perceived to be a much tougher match. And in my opinion, I thought Riouave... I, don't, I didn't know much about Lech Poznan, but I thought that Chihuahua and Lech Poznan were probably comparable in terms of quality. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a 2-2 draw early in the second half. But Benfica would wake up a little bit here. And then, in the 59th minute, maybe my favorite goal of the season so far, as Everton gets the ball into space down the left. He he, he finds Darwin, Nunez, Darwin with his back-to-goal. Manages to turn nicely. He puts a nice move on. He splits the defenders. Finds himself face-to-face with the goalkeeper. And puts a right-footed shot from the center of the box into the bottom right corner. And uh, the Uruguayan, Darwin Nunez. My darling, as so many are calling him. Uh, including George Souch, <laughs> Darwin Nunez makes it 3-2 to, to Benfica. And puts Benfica back on top. And not just his second of the match, second of the season, and doubles his tally. And Benfica now can breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief as they is once again taken the lead with a half hour to play. And at that point, George Jesus will go to the substitutes bench in the 61st minute. With Benfica now controlling the match, he makes some, some substitutions. And I think this is where I'm going to have a little bit of a criticism for Jota Jota here. Um coming on is Ulian Weigel replacing Adel Terapt. Pedrinho replaces Luca Waldschmidt. And uh he would make those two substitutions at this point. And um these two substitutions are okay, I think. Uh I think Weigel for for Terapt is an obvious is an obvious uh substitution as the sixty minute mark is usually where the day ends for Adel Terapt. And um also, Pedrinho getting on for Waldschmidt, I have no problem with that. Pedrinho is is a guy that needs minutes. And listen, I, I having watched him play in the in the Brasileirão last season, this guy is talented. And now we're being told he has gained six kilos of muscle since joining Befica. They have put some meat on him as he, he's improving his physical the physical aspect of his game. But um this substitution I was actually okay with. Uh, and Befica would go on to, to really gain control here as in the 62nd minute, a minute later, Rafa on his first play into the match, he would have a right-footed shot from the right side of the box that was blocked as he would get the fir- his first chance. Uh, he enters the match pretty well. He gets another attempt a minute later, right-footed from the center of the box this time, set up by Grimaldo. And then uh, just five minutes after making the double substitution, George Azuz makes another substitution, and he takes off Grimaldo and replaces him with Nuno Tavares. And this is a substitution I didn't like. This raised a lot of uh, concern for me, and here's why. In in the way that I watched the match, okay, and in the way that I used to coach this game when I was a coach, all right, um, there was one thing I never liked to do was to move around uh, pieces in the back okay I'm a firm believer that unless somebody's hurt or they're really that tired uh, you, you I like to keep my back to four or back three together communication is so so crucial in your back line okay and the back line was already fragile in this match okay we, we were very fragile and Gabriel was not very good in front of them in this game. In my opinion, Gabriel was not very good. Again, I thought Ulian Weigel was going to be better for this match um, because I thought he would protect the two center backs a little bit better. Okay. Um, again, it's a center back pairing that has not had much time together. And communication is uh, so important. And here you have two center backs that don't speak the same language. As. <laughs> You know, Vertonghen speaks English and speaks French. Otamendi speaks a a Portuguese that is is a portonial, or he speaks Spanish. Okay, so uh, commu- they have to communicate in other ways, and they haven't had a lot of time to really work that out. So this was now you're bringing, you're taking out, um, you're you're taking out Alex Grimaldo, who. Um. Had been playing all match and had played the previous match with these guys. And I th- I believe there was probably already some understanding there. And you're introducing Nuno Tavares. And Nuno Tavares looked like he was woken up from a nap five minutes before he got into the match, to be honest. But I didn't like this substitution because I thought it was going to mess with the chemistry of the back line a little too much. And um, well, we'll move on and in a minute later. I think we're going to see that that Benfica start to lose grip on this match at this point. I think the substitution from JJ was not good. Um, and if I'm going to come on here and I'm going to praise, you know, good moves he makes, I'm going to be critical when I think that there was a mistake made. And I think in analyzing this match, JJ and his staff would analyze the video and would see that yeah, maybe we made too many substitutions too close. Okay, sometimes I think and I've said these Portuguese managers especially. And for what it's worth, br- managers in Brazil do the same thing. Another league I follow pretty closely. Okay. This thing of having five substitutions, substitutions—they put it, it goes into their head. Okay. And it seems like they're convinced that they have to use all five substitutions just because they're available. We, uh, football survived forever with no substitutions, first of all. Then with one. Then with two. And for the last 30 years with, t- with three. Now, all of a sudden you're introduced to fifth and it's like you got to use it you got to use it you got to use it and sometimes things are left better untouched sometimes if it ain't broke don't fisk- fix it and even though like i said that the the back line was a little bit fragile and they were getting picked apart at times and they were you know they were getting sort of uh exposed it wasn't he wasn't at the outside back position in my in my opinion I thought that just bringing Weigel on uh, alone would have shored up the holes and would have prevented, you know, the two plays where the, that we gave up for goals, okay? But Jarvis is managing minutes at the same time. I completely understand we have we have nine games in 21 days or something ridiculous like that. So players do—substitutions had to be made. Although I just don't think that the, the defense is where you want to do that. I think you should— st- if you can't stick with the the ones you you put out there for the whole time, and in the next game you rotate and you give them a whole game together, that's that's my personal view, my personal belief. But we'll move forward, and in the seventy third minute, it's a double substitution from Lech Poznan, as Vasil uh, Kravets would come on and replace its Pukac, so it's a midfielder for a defender and Nika. Kachavara would replace the double goal scorer. This one surprised me a little bit. Mikael Ishak, after scoring two goals, comes off with the team behind. And in the 76th, now at this point, pa- ne- Lech Poznan is taking control of the match. They're attacking. They're looking much more likely to draw level than we are looking to add to our lead. And it is Nika Kacharava. With an up to a left-footed shot from the left side of the box, that misses just right. And a minute later, Kacharava again with the right-footed shot from the right side of the box. This time he's set up by Pedro Tiba, and he misses just to. Actually, this one was saved by by this one was saved by uh, by Odi Vlachodimos. Now let's go back. And um, we have a corner conceded by Nicolás Otamendi. And this, I think, is the appropriate time to talk about this. When Pizzi came off, okay? Now, Befica have five captains or four captains, right? Ruben Díaz was one of them. He was he was transferred. You have Pizzi. You have Andrei, Jardel, Andre Almeida, Pizzi, and you had Ruben Díaz. Those were the four captains. When PZ is subbed off at halftime, okay, Jorge Jesus selects Nicolas Otamendi to wear the captain's armband in the second half. Benfica nation has a meltdown. <laughs> I mean, this was nuclear. I was following this on the the social media, and um, I don't. I understand where the anger from from supporters comes from. I understand the frustration. He just got here. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's still very hard to look at a former Porto player as a Benfica captain or as a Benfica leader. However, realizing the situation that is in our locker room, the referencias, as we say in Portuguese, the references, the the leaders, the examples of leadership are no longer in this locker room. Okay, PZ, for as long as he's been at the club, is not captain material in my opinion Andre Almeida is tries but he's not he's not that vocal leader either neither is Jardel okay we really lack <laughs> that true captain okay and for lack of a better option in my opinion okay we have two options for captain in my opinion okay maybe three because there's a guy that I always harp on but he's hardly ever in the team so it's hard to say it but we have three legitimate options, in my opinion, right now. Players in the team right now, healthy, that are captain material. Jorge Azuz selects Nicolas Otamendi. I have no issue with that at all. This guy has played in World Cups. He has played in Champions Leagues. He has won the Premier League. Okay, He's played in Copa Americas. This guy is a leader. He leads by example. He's hard nosed. He's vocal. And George Jesus explained in the post game presser, plain and simple, he speaks our language. At least he speaks a portunole that that the team, the majority of the team, understands. Super Jan Vertongen is, is a classic captain. He has he is the captain of the Belgian national team, okay? However, he just arrived and he does not have any grasp for the language yet. And this team has a lot of, uh, basically, this. The, the major languages spoken in this team are Portuguese and Spanish. Okay. You can mix in a little bit of English. There is probably some English spoken between, between Vertonghen and Vigel and Odi. And perhaps Waldschmidt, I'm sure the four of them, or they actually German is probably even more likely a language they speak. Don't know that Vertonghen speaks that or not. I don't, I assume he doesn't, but you have, you have Odi, you have Waldschmidt and you have Weigel that all speak German. Okay. Remember that Odi says he was born in Germany. He plays for Greece. He's of Greek descent, but he was born and raised in Germany, speaks German. Um. So I think George Azuz makes the right decision here in putting the armband for lack of a better option on Nicolas Otamendi. And honestly, I think since the moment he stepped on the pitch in a Benfica shirt, aside from that tough debut he had, unlucky debut, Nico Otamendi has been nothing but a stand-up professional. He has thus far represented the club well. He said all the right things. He's done all the right things. I have no issue with him putting this captain's armband on in this situation. If we had uh, someone else then I would I wouldn't have an issue with it, but Rafa's not captain material, Grimaldo's not captain material. I think uh Samadish is captain material, but he never plays. I think Andreas Samadish would be a phenomenal captain. I think he's the best captain we have in the in the team to be honest with you. He's the best leader we have. Again, he speaks all the languages, I think, that are spoken in the team. But um, he doesn't play that much. So you can't really make him the captain. We have an issue right now where we have captains that can't play. Jardel is not at the level to play anymore. He's he, he's not, you know, I don't think he, he's cut out to be playing at this level anymore. Um, Andre Almeida is injured. Okay, Ruben Diaz is off to Manchester City. So th- that's who we got. We got Nico Otamendi as the captain. Now, we move into the 80th minute. I and mean, maybe could finally get another opportunity. It is Pedrinho this time with a left-footed shot from outside the box. Saved in the bottom left corner. He was set up by Darwin Nunez. F- three minutes later, Leck come close to equalizing. N- it's Nika Karcherava once again with the header from the center of the box. He's close, but he misses left. And he would have another attempt in the 86. Set up again by Pedro Tiba on a cross, but he misses left. And then Georges Zouge goes to the substitutes bench once again. He takes off Everton in the eighty sixth. I think Everton logged way too many minutes in this match. He's tired. He's fatigued. Um, he's, he's played a lot in a short period of time. But he sends on Jardel, and we go to three center backs at the back. Um, to hold this result. And it does shore up the back line a little bit as we move now to the 90th. It's 90 plus 2. And finally, the game is put on ice on a nice combination play, including Pedrinho. That included Pedrinho um, along with Rafa. And Dar- and then Darwin Nunez comes off with the header. And he heads it into the bottom left corner. Darwin completes the hat trick and Befica go ahead four to two after ninety minutes and that is three points in Europe for Befica. Those of you that you know have been so sad had been so sad for twenty four hours because you know Portugal didn't get any coefficient points in the Champions League. Our Champions League representative lost all oh, those coefficient points that just keep me awake at night. I don't know how I'm going to survive. Fortunately, Benfica and Braga get the job done in the Europa League and bring home some coefficient points. And Benfica three points put some top of the group on uh, goal difference, and we'll go to the table as um, actually on goals scored, their goal difference is the same as Rangers. Benfica three points, Rangers three points, and then pausing in Standard Liege with no points. That is through match day one. Let's go now to the goal point ratings as I have them here. Before we wrap up this episode, as now they're saying there are 40 to 50 sausages left to vote at the Seychelles. This is the latest. so um, Not quite done yet, so we will not be announcing a president, either a returning or a new president, here on this episode. So tomorrow, I'm sure that will be an episode I don't think at this point I will be awake when the when the announcement is made, but here in the goal point it is pulling up on my screen as we will go through it really quickly and then. So I will start with uh, Lech Poznan's uh, ratings in this goal point. So it starts with the goalkeeper. Bednarek, he, he gets a 4.9. Serwinski gets a 5.1. Dijewski, 4.2. Krom with a 5.1. And Puchats with a 5.2. Kameninski, 5.6. R- Dani Ramirez, 5.6. Pedro Tiba was Lech Poznan's best player with a 7.3. Despite uh, Ishak scoring two goals. Interesting uh, bit of analytics there. Um, Lech Poznan, of course, with a 2.5 expected goals. So they performed to what the the match gave them. They made the most of their opportunities. Motor with a 5.4. Skoras, 5.4. And like I said, Ishak, 6.2 with two goals. And now Benfica with a 3.1 expected goals and a 6.17 average rating. Vlako was a 6.7 despite allowing two goals. So that tells you he made some good saves in this match. Gilberto was a 5.0. Otamendi 5.2. Vertonghen 5.4. Grimaldo 5.5. Then the ratings in midfield significantly higher. Pizzi 6.1. Tarap 6.3. Gabriel 6.2. And Everton with a 7.9. That rating is good for for, for Gabriel. But I did not like Gabriel's game in, positionally in this match. Uh, again i think that he uh he he's an interesting player where he's either like awesome or he's can be he can be really bad sometimes um he has a good game then he follows it with a bad game there is an inconsistency there um i don't think he's a true 6 like i've said uh because a 6 is a more a, a, a more what's the word it's a more static player i guess in nature he sh- and in gabriel kind of moves he he covers more space but a lot of times he's not in the he's not in the location he needs to be um but also like i said and this is not a knock on tapat i'm not trying to get any hate for tapat but when you play in center midfield with a delta you have to cover more space because he does not he does not Does not give you anything on the defensive side of the ball, and you know what? It's not fair to ask him to do that at this point. We know what we got with him, so if he's in there, the plan has to be for the other center midfielder to to make up the difference. And in this one, for me, Gabriel didn't do it, but from an analytical standpoint, probably from a, a standpoint of completed passes and tackles and whatnot, uh, Gabriel still earning a good rating but Everton with a 7.9 very good rating for him off night for Luca Waldschmidt after having a very good game in Vila do Conde the previous weekend he kind of was na- non-existent in this one he had a few nice plays where he was where he helped set up Darwin Nunez and To be honest, this match and the Bolognese match kind of blend together for me in my mind now that so many days have gone by. But, of course, the man of the match, according to goal point and according to just about anybody with a pulse and a brain, would be Darwin Nunez with the hat-trick. Off the bench, Rafa 5.6, Weigl 5.4, Pedrinho 5.8, and Nuno Tavares 4.9. I go back to that, and I thought that Benfica lost some of their momentum with that substitution. Or... At least making three players, three substitutions in such a short time frame. I don't know if Grimaldo asked to, came, to come out though. That that could have been the case. Okay, but I uh, you could see that there was chemistry lost and chemistry was was missing, and um, it's just not a substitution that I agree with. But also, Nuno Tavares could have been awake when he came in, and that would have maybe helped it out. But Let's move ahead to the statistics before uh, I sign off for this episode 91. Shots, total shots, 19 for Poznan, 17 for Benfica. So, Poznan winning that battle. Shots on goal, 9 for, for Poznan, 8 for Benfica. They win that battle as well. Actions in the opposition's area, though. Benfica wins that one. 41 actions to 25. Benfica with 10 corners. Poznan with 5. Um, pass efficiency, the slight edge to Poznan, 82% in the pass efficiency, 281% for Benfica. However, however, in a more important statistic, in my opinion, vertical pass efficiency, it's 62% for and 68 for Benfica, so they do a little bit better on the vertical passes, and the vertical passes are much more crucial, so, um... It is, it is important to connect those vertical passes. Benfica did a slightly better job, and they slightly won the match, to be honest. This is pretty even, statistically speaking. Um, actions in, in the opponent's, uh, or defensive actions in the opponent's midfield. Benfica with 12 of those to 7 for Poznan, while fouls committed. Poznan 11 to Benfica's 9 possession. My favorite stat, as you know, not forty-seven percent for Poznan to fifty-three percent for Benfica, and going down some more of the, the things to notice in the goal point. Some of the things they point out here, and they usually have the pass, the pass uh, frequencies. If I can find it. And uh, it looks like they didn't have all of that for, for this game, but we have. Uh, that basically sums it up for Benfica versus Poznan on the road in Poland. Important three points. Just how you want to start your European campaign. I know we we've we need to forget the Pauk match. I know it's still it still hurts, but it needs to it needs to be left where it happened because we need to continue on with this team. And we need to uh, we need to continue to grow because this team is still far from from its potential, in my opinion, and I think in the manager's opinion as well. And um, really, that's going to do it for this episode in ninety one. It is getting late. Okay, I do have a a, a statistic here. I can say the p- here's the highest tendencies of passes or the most frequent passes made in the match. It was from Vertonghen to Gabriel nine times. And then Otamendi to Gilberto eight times. So you can see where the buildup of the play is happening. It's it's Otamendi playing it to his outside back on the right. Or it is Vertonghen playing it forward into the, his holding midfielder. A lot of times, the or actually what's really happening more is a lot of times Gabriel slips into the left back position. Because Grimaldo plays so high and so does Everton. And I think this is the structural issue with Benfica. And maybe the structural issue with with Gabriel playing in that position, but then again, you know this must be what they planned. The, I I have to imagine this is what JJ wants. So because they they're doing it so much, and if you if you record this match and you freeze frame when they're transitioning from offense to defense, okay, if, when you can get a wide shot when the television camera gets it. A lot of times you're going to see Gabriel covering for Grimaldo. Of course is now injured we'll talk about that in the next episode. But due to the offensive tendencies, the the high, the overly in my opinion offensive tendencies of Grimaldo and of Everton down the left, okay? I um uh, Gabriel spends a lot of time covering the left back and I, that's why he's receiving so many passes from Vertonghen in my opinion. Um I could be wrong, but also you get seven pa- completed passes from Gilberto to Pizzi, which is a straight pass up the middle. And interestingly enough, Gabriel found found Everton seven times. Now what did I say earlier about where 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 Gabriel likes to find himself or has been finding himself in the pitch and that's covering for for Grimaldo. The seven passes he connects with with Everton tells me that Grimaldo is a lot of times playing even higher than than is Everton. Everton is the one dropping into the space to receive the ball and to carry. But that that's going to sum it up for this game. Just a few things to think about and maybe to look out for in the next match. Of course, kick kickoff on Thursday uh, October the 29th. They're at home in front of what's going to be an expected 4,800 or so fans at the Stadio de Luz. Excited to have some people back in the stadium, some sausage. Um, this, the president, whoever he may be, will be in the house, no doubt, um, as we still don't have a result here, as it, we're fall, we are uh, coming up on 10 o'clock Eastern Time here in the United States. So it is 2 a.m. in Portugal. And they're uh, they're yet to announce, obviously, Uh, or I would have already said it. But by the time you hear this this podcast, you will know who the president is going forward. Uh, He will no doubt be in attendance later or later on against Standard Liège. So that's a 4 o'clock kickoff here in the United States on the East Coast. 4 o'clock Eastern Time, 1 o'clock Pacific. It's 8 p.m. Lisbon Time. So... Uh, a very important match. Hopefully, Benfica can pull it off and can get three more points and really solidify their spot and start making their way towards the round of 32. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, as always, for your support. Thank you for the interactions. Again, feel free at any time to DM me on either Instagram at Mister or on Twitter at Benfica. Mister. You can email me, Mister Benfica at gmail.com. And in the coming days, at some point soon, I promise www.mrbenfica.com. All right, I'll talk to you next time here on Mr. Benfica. This has been the Mr. Mike Agustinho signing off saying, Carrega Benfica, força Benfica, todos por um, e por unum. We are Benfica of many one. Benfica, have a great rest of your day and enjoy the match on Thursday.